country needs to do after this week's elections. It's akin to that 1992 speech by Bill Clinton when he fought for the uh, U.S. presidency and essentially had a catchy slogan saying, it's the economy, stupid. And that's really what it is about in South Africa. Reinvigorating the most developed economy on the African continent leads the agenda of what Cyril Ramaphosa, the favorite to retain the presidency on Wednesday, must tackle once taking office. To get there, he's going to have to uh, prosecute all of those that are plundering, fix state-owned companies, cut debt, and then still get to the idea of growing uh, growing employment and uh, uh, trying to reinvigorate and open up the South African economy. Bonang Mohale, the CEO of Business Leadership South Africa, joins us now on the Karima Brown Show. And uh, Bonang, thank you so much for your time. Uh, That's essentially what it comes down to, right? I mean, you can talk and talk and talk and talk, and you can have as many issues put on the agenda as you like in South African society, but nothing is going to change unless the economy changes. Nicholas, thank you for having me. You're absolutely correct. But also this is consistent with the commitments that we made when we went to the 2019 Davos um, in Switzerland, where we had uh, five bold South African issues. We spoke about this notion of an inclusive socio-economic growth. We spoke about fixing ESCOM because it is the single biggest systemic risk we have to this economy. We spoke about fixing all government institutions, and in there we include the size of the cabinet, uh, we include the size of government in general, but also the third two big uh, state-owned enterprises and state-owned companies. The last two we spoke about attracting and retaining foreign investment, foreign direct investment, I'm talking about. And then lastly, we all committed to the mandate and the independence of the South African uh, Reserve Bank. So where we stand, we say maybe no more than five things. Of course, um, Mr. President Matamela Silva Ramaphosa, help us to root out and defeat state capture. Because in just four years, we estimate we have lost 1.5 trillion South African rents, two-thirds of what we collect a year in the nine wasted years, on average 100 billion a year every year. We said reduce government debt because it's now unaffordable. Help us on transformation because this economy must look as South African. We're not an outpost of Europe. The last two, again, we emphasized uh, retaining the few jobs that we have so that we can create jobs in large numbers. It's not sustainable that there are more people on social security than those that are gainfully employed. Lastly, we said this economy better be growing. We want to increase the size of the pie. Otherwise, we'll soon be talking about the redistribution of poverty, not the redistribution of wealth. Nicholas? Well, Bonang, I mean, you you have really hit the nail on the head with regards to what needs to be done. But a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, I'm going to be quite frank, is going to go over the head of the average South African. I mean, people know that we have one of the highest uh, rates of poverty and inequality in the world. People know that it needs to change. People also understand the necessity for foreign direct investment. But break it down for us. I mean, what does that actually mean? What does it even look like? After May the 8th, we all go and vote we have a new government. What's the first thing that they do? 
what do you do to send the right message, A, that we're on the path of not only political renewal, but economic renewal, but also to show that uh, we are capable as a country of turning the corner on unemployment? I think you're absolutely spot on, Nicholas. So the first we need to do is to build on the things that we have already done. I think we have had 23 uh, cabinet uh, changes, uh, 10 ministers uh, who are implicated in state capture are gone, 20-odd still remain. Secondly, the boards of ESCOM, of SAA, of Transnet and Dinel are absolutely new. Uh, and again, it, 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 they have moved away uh, from the Gupta influence. We now have uh, the new national director of public Pro- prosecutions, uh, Shamila Batoy, and Sean the Sheep is gone. Um, and we can uh, file with relief that Tom Moyani uh, is out of the South African Revenue Service after wrecking it, uh, this um, world-class institution ranking amongst the top five in the world. Secondly, I think we need to see some uh, politicians uh, in pink um, overalls. Um, or you mean orange, overalls. orange. Not orange uh... overalls, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Men are colorblind. But in the other sun city. Um, and of course, we also need to ensure that the six million uh, young people um, that want a job uh, can be absorbed uh, mostly by our members, uh, which is business, that the 10 million that are not in education, uh, employment, or even in training, that uh, they are gainfully employed. And then lastly, instead of the economy growing 0.8% like we did last year, uh, when the highest growth we've ever posted was probably in December of 2007, we ought to be growing at 5.4 just to absorb the 180,000 young graduates that got onto uh, the job market, often with inappropriate skills. So on that, Nicholas, I think as business, we want to play our part. Firstly, we want to take a leadership position on six big burning platform issues. In the interest of time, I will not unpack them, but number one, business must lead on land reform, not just a, a expropriation without compensation. We need to lead on transformation because we've got disproportionate resources. We employ 13.5 million people compared to 2.3 million uh, of government. We also need to help in taking us out of this fiscal crisis. We stole so much money that now we want to do the right things, but we are really broke. We need to lead on growth the same way that we have changed the skyline of Sentin, which is unrecognizable in just two years. Um, we need to ensure that our people get their self-worth, self-respect by being gainfully employed rather than queuing on social security queues. That's 17 million people. Lastly, we need to take seriously uh, the issue of growing our own timber in terms of education. We are the only country in Africa that became free from our colonial masters, and we did not intentionally improve the quality of our education. Nicholas? Well, Bernang, this is the thing, right? I mean, everything that you've talked about makes absolute sense to me, and and it is going to be a very long and arduous road. But uh, how can citizens see themselves playing a role in this, especially those that are unemployed? Let's be quite frank. There's 6 million South Africans that are between the ages of 18 and 29 
that don't want to be involved in the current system. They feel like they've been shut out and are disinterested in voting. So what does this mean for them, getting the economy right? And how can they play their role? Because it's Cyril Ramaphosa, arguably, arguably, that's going to be leading this charge from May the 9th. But what about the people? What about the people that it's supposed to be benefiting? How do they play their role? So firstly, I think all of us need to accept that people died so that we can have the freedom to willfully and freely express our intention in terms of the vote. Therefore, we should not take it lightly, and indeed, we should not waste it. Secondly, until and unless you can understand why the Inkata Freedom Party was pasted on the very first um, <laughs> election roll, you will never be able to appreciate the significance of this 25-year-old democracy. So if you are a young person, you need to be saying, you know what, I want to see the leaders that I myself have had a direct part uh, in choosing, and we're moving away from the thieves, the state capturers, and the 80 or so people that were named in Busasa, 30 or so in VBS, and we want to be on the side of the truth. Lastly, I think it's about young people saying, when we look at South Africa and the 25 years, everybody, I'm talking about all the four social partners, must treat Africa's children like their their very own. Um, And business has a big role to play in that. We launched the Youth Employment Service at Innovation Hub uh, outside of Deep Slot. We committed three million jobs in three years. The president has now included in the ANC election manifesto uh, a million jobs. I mean, that's really about 279,000 jobs uh, per annum. The one sector that can do that is the small and medium enterprises. So we put aside 1.4 billion as business called the SA SME fund to invest primarily and largely in black SMEs. So there's never been a better time at the time that all of us are challenged when poverty levels are increasing, uh, when uh, racism is increasing, when exclusion is the order of the day, now to lay the foundation for the type of South Africa that we've been praying for. Nicholas? Okay, so we've spoken about uh, the citizens, understanding the importance and the gravity of the challenge that lays ahead. But I want to talk about perhaps a segment of our economy that is by and large being left out of the conversation because we have brilliant initiatives with the state and the corporate private sector converging to try and build a consensus that, for instance, provides employment opportunities to South Africa's young, which is an extremely disenfranchised segment of our society. But the argument that we are not going to see unemployment be tackled, this mammoth 27% unemployment rate, if we don't have uh, the, the, the real champions of uh, the fight of unemployment being, being placed on small to medium enterprises, because uh, jobs can't come from government, we've got no money. When you look at big corporates, well, the fact of the matter is they're always looking to try and cut I don't want to say cut corners, but but do things more efficiently with the resources that they have. So, Benang, business leadership South Africa, how do you feel about small to medium enterprises trying to lead the charge against unemployment? Uh, in fact, we must. You know, we chose to be part of BRICS. Um, our BRICS counterparts' contribution of 
new jobs by small and medium enterprises. It's north of 60 percentage points. In South Africa, it's south of 15 percentage points. So we can do much more. That's why we have a particular focus on small and medium enterprises, and in particular black ones. When we launched this new BLSA, an organization that was founded in 1960, even before I was born, we chose to launch it in Alexander uh, slightly less than two years ago. So we want to leave 10 businesses in Alexander that are thriving, are integrated in the value chain of these uh, big businesses, 86 CEOs that are our members at the moment. That is why we invited uh, the President of the Republic to launch uh, BLSA Connect precisely to do that. How do you connect black SMEs with the supply chain of these big companies? Because when you ask SMEs, what are the, uh, the biggest challenges you are confronted with? Um, access to finance is number five. Number one is access to market. And here we're not talking about making toilet paper, uh, cleaning and security and catering. We are talking about the manufacture of air conditioners uh, and, and, and lifts uh, and all the leathers that is put in all the BMWs uh, in the world that is being manufactured here in South Africa in Babelich. So we'll be looking at a few businesses that are already doing 100 million to take them to 300 million in three to five years so that we can really address seriously uh, and in large numbers uh, this issue of, of unemployment. Because youth unemployment is about 57%. Uh, it's unsustainable. In fact, the elements that were present during the Arab Spring are here and immediate as we speak. Nicholas? So, Benang, before I let you go, I'll tell you where, where I'm... I'm I'm struggling to to maybe see how this is all going to crystallize after the elections and how we are going to march onto the promised land. Uh, and I say this as a, you know, uh, some may argue that I'm a champagne socialist. Other people will say I'm a closet capitalist. I would argue that, you know, capitalism has a huge role to play in terms of how this ca- uh, country is going to be able to turn things around. Uh, private enterprise may well be South Africa's saving grace. But when it comes to empowering the vast majority of our population, black South Africans, and bringing them into enterprise, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the critical factor in that is also trying to get the existing resources, the existing established business and is, uh, businesses and established uh, human capital in white people on board uh, and, and not only joining hands, but walking shoulder to shoulder with emerging black business as well. Exactly, exactly. And the type of capitalism that we need is conscientious capitalism. It's patriotic capitalism. Because you can't have an economy that is growing at less than 1% with a population that is growing at 1.7%, which means we are going backwards in real terms. And then you post a 15% uh, profits compared to the same period last year, an ROI of 10%, and then you say, but I want to reduce my workforce by 10% in South Africa at this time, in this context. It cannot be. So we're asking our members to say, be much more understanding, be much more patriotic, be much more patient. When you could lose 10% of your uh, workforce, (laughs) hang on to them. The presidency has announced a package uh, of measures that will help you. 
they've put together a panel of experts to come and consult in your business to keep it going probably for the next 36 months. Therefore, don't take retrenchments, uh, decisions lightly. Lastly, we are saying, but let's look at what rating agencies are looking for when they give an above investment rating score uh, to countries like ourselves. They are looking for economic, for fiscal and institutional strength. And they're also looking for susceptibility um, to major risk events. I said the biggest risk is ESCOM. It's the risk of default of the 700-odd state-owned enterprises. So they need to be fixed. And how do they get fixed? I think by ensuring that we adhere to good corporate governance, that we employ young people who are coming in to really learn how to produce goods and services because there is no economy that is built just on measures and acquisitions. I think we need to start thinking about the new jobs of tomorrow, taking these kids, young as they are, to coding classes to prepare for the fourth industrial revolution. And in there, Nicholas, the people that play the biggest role, it's not government by creating a conducive environment so that our business can thrive. It's not labor that must give us um, a flexibility. It is really where business is going to lead by making few big, bold moves uh, to really honor the fact that we are gifted with our very last chance, not second chance, on the 19th of December 2017. Because if all of us close our eyes and imagine what it could have been like if Madame El Ramaphosa didn't win, I think the consequences are too ghastly to contemplate. But, 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 I mean, I'm going to be dead honest here. I mean, I hate to be, yeah, you could accuse me of being pessimistic all you like, but the fact of the matter is this is not uh, synonymous with capitalism. Uh, you know, uh, uh, suckling your, uh, your, your competition or, you know, potential competition to the point of success, holding your, 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 uh, your fellow uh, citizen close to you and uh, nurturing them into a space where they could even compete. I mean, capitalism is about competition and doing things better than the person next to you. So uh, pardon me if I, if I say that a lot of what you're saying here is a bit of a paradox. I mean, uh, conscientious capitalism. Capitalism has shown time and time again that it is about who can make the biggest profit and, and, and how. You know, Nicholas, the type of capitalism I'm talking about is the one that is here in South Africa as we speak. It's the one that realizes that business needs to continue to do well by doing good. It's the one that realizes that business cannot be an island of prosperity in a sea of poverty. Even in the U.S. of A., there is no such thing as pure capitalism. That's why Obamacare gave health care access to healthcare to 20 million uh, Americans who otherwise would not be able to afford. And that's the type of capitalism that we need to look back and say, how do we in the 21st century ensure that uh, we move from 14.3% of black representation in positions of leadership. Because that's within the realm and locus of control of business. It's the conversation that says, how do we in the 21st century um, pay women 83% of what we pay men for work of equal value. It means that we're not taking issues of gender equality seriously. And yet we know that when we put a smartphone in the hands of women, not only does the nutrition, the health and education of their own kids improve, but 
that of an entire society. That's the capitalism where we're having very critical but nonetheless courageous conversations in our boardrooms as business leadership South Africa to say what then is the role of business. Lastly, Nicholas, we have defined it for ourselves that the role of business, yes, is to survive, is to deliver on this notion called shared value, is to deliver on what we say and what we promise, is to do no harm, is to make the world a better place, is to ensure that we give the world ethical leadership. Because when you have ethical leadership, you've got good policies. With good policies, uh, you are able to attract and retain FDI. When you do that, the economy grows and jobs becomes a logical outcome. Nicholas? Albanong, we appreciate the 20 minutes that you've given us on the Karima Brown Show, CEO of uh, Business Leadership South Africa. I don't suppose you're going to tell us who you're going to vote for, here. Eh? Well, of course, I'm going to tell you. And the fact is, South Africa is the only country where your vote is absolutely assured and guaranteed uh, to be absolutely secret. So you can vote for whoever you want. Nobody will ever know in a million years. Bonang Mohale joining us on the Karima Brown Show. Nicholas Bauer standing in for Karima Brown. And he makes a very good point. If South Africa falls down into a pit of ineptitude and society collapses around us, who stands to lose the most? It is the people with something. And the people with something are the ones that are going to need to spur the activity we need in this economy to pull ourselves out of the quagmire that we find ourselves in.